Hey, it's Nelson. And this is Monica. Welcome to the Seattle Foodie Podcast, the show where we talk about the Seattle food scene and the people and businesses behind it. We eat all the food and share our insights with you. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get to it. Hey, Monica, we are into October, which means apparently it's Halloween month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Halloween is in October 31st, everybody. Apparently, starting October 1st, everything is Halloween for the rest of the month. Now, you put out a post for candy corn. By the way, I am team candy corn, so I don't know what you all people are talking about <laughs> detesting candy corn. But Monica, what is your favorite guilty pleasure Halloween candy? I don't like Halloween candy. I just like candy. <laughs> so, <laughs> so all like the specialized Halloween candies, not a fan. Not a fan of candy corn ever um not a fan then why of- did you post candy corn then if you're not a hollow not a fan of candy corn you didn't read my caption it said i'm not a fan and i, I what what i told people was change my mind but all the people who came forward and said that they did like candy corn didn't bother to try to change my mind i am a reasonable person willing to listen to arguments <laughs> but nobody made the case for why I should love candy corn. Here's how I eat my candy corn. Mm. I take maybe a handful, a small handful of it, maybe like five to seven of them, put it in my mouth Mm -hmm. and I just let it kind of just linger in my mouth and just basically allow the sugars to just dissolve and it just kind of melts in your Mm -hmm. mouth and it doesn't taste like corn or Mm -hmm. candy. It just Mm -hmm. tastes like pure sugar. Mm -hmm. And that's how I eat my candy corn and it's delicious. Don't give me the candy corn on cupcakes. Don't give me that on those damn cupcakes because- the cupcake ruins the candy corn for me. It's just pure candy corn, people. Candy corn ice cream? Maybe. You can convince me on that, but just yeah. give me the pure candy corn. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, okay. So candy corn, I get it. It's a love and hate kind of thing. We have a lot of those things in our culture like beets. Beets are a love and hate kind of thing, right? I get it. I get it. So did you know that they have other flavors of candy corn? And by the way, I just threw up a little bit, so I'm trying to hold that back. <laughs> Um, as we're talking, but I was on the internet today because I was very curious about this and I was just like, okay, well, let's see if I, you know, start looking around for candy corn when I find, they have like all kinds of flavors and that sounds disgusting. Like who wants blackberry candy corn? Gross. Oh no. Don't give me any of those hybrid flavors, Monica. Just give me the original candy corn flavor. That's, that's all I want. <laughs> well, but you never answered my question. What's your favorite guilty pleasure candy since it's not a Halloween candy for you? Halloween, I got to have Kit Kats. I love Kit Kats. And then I have like a whole nostalgic bin of like all the nostalgic candies. But if it's just Halloween and it's trick-or-treating and like candies that I want to buy and try to give away to kids, but really I just turn out my light and keep the candy for myself, it's Kit Kat. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just be real about what we do here. (laughs) I bought that Costco bag of Mm -hmm. different types of chocolates that has... The peanut butter M&M, the, right. the peanut M&Ms, the Kit Kats, the Twix bars. You know what I've been eating a lot lately? What's that? 100 grand. Ooh, 100 grand is so good. So good and so I, underrated. You know why? I don't buy it. I Just like whatchamacallits or paydays, I don't buy them at gas stations or grocery stores or anything like that. The only time I eat 100 grand are those mini 100 grands when you get in those Halloween packet sorts. Hmm. Oh, well, I don't know what I'm going to do about trick-or-treaters. I think I might like 
do like a scavenger hunt in the weeds out in my yard. And if they want candy, they have to go find it. Oh no, we're not doing <laughs> trick or treating this year. I'm, I refuse. Come on. I do not want to be in contact as, as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. Apparently if people didn't know, we're still in the pandemic, but mm-hmm. it looks like business as usual now, even in the state of Washington, which is killing me. Mm. Yeah, we are. That's true. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I don't want a night where a hundred kids come in close contact with me. I'm just so, oh. I'm sorry, everybody, please, please don't do that. <laughs> but no, that makes a lot of sense. I was, I was going to like disinfect all my candy, but you, you make a good point. It's just, it's too big of a risk. Yeah. It's too big of a risk. And mm-hmm. I don't know if these kids are wearing masks or anything. Mm-hmm. Look, I love kids. Don't get me wrong. I feel like, <laughs> Oh, this Nelson guy is really old. He hates kids. Get off my lawn. Blah, 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 kids. But no, I just, I just can't have mm-hmm. a lot of people just, especially in my house, like trick or treat. Yeah. And you're more than, I can't throw six feet to your bag. Right? Mm-hmm. I can't throw yeah. candy six feet to you. I mean, you got to come close to me. I don't, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And even though I wear, if, even if we're both wearing masks, it's like, I can't yeah. risk it. Yeah. Last time I checked, we're still living with a pandemic. So totally. no thanks. that's a good point. See, I am a reasonable person that can be convinced. You've convinced me, yes. Nelson, no trick or treating. And what I'll do is I'll put up a sign. I said, I was going to give you candy, but Nelson Lau says no. <laughs> I got an idea. Maybe I'll play the long game mm. and I'll go to Costco and I'll buy like a hundred flosses mm. and I'll yeah. just put it a bowl in, in my house mm-hmm. and said, feel free, trick or treat. And then, then they'll remember next year. I was like, Oh, this is the house that gave us the floss. We're right. not, sk- we're skipping this house. <laughs> right. I'll play I, the long game. I like floss. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. It's, it's obviously an adult thing. Right. Right. They just don't know what they're missing. You need floss like in a bag, in like your car, in your bathroom, and you're like, you need floss everywhere. It's important. Candy corn flavored floss. Yeah. Gross, I'm all about gross, that. gross. <laughs> I am looking forward to being convinced by uh, Belle's pastries. I hear she's going to have a candy corn macaron. Um, I'm trying to have an open mind. I'm going to try it. <laughs> all right. Well, speaking of macarons and food, welcome to the show, everyone. It's episode 109 of the Seattle Foodie Podcast. She's Monica. I'm Nelson. Thank you for listening tonight. Hey, Monica, we actually got together a couple days this week, and this was fun. So we got some recaps. And of course, there's always our What Are We Eating section. And we have an interview as well. How about we start our show? Let's get started. Okay. Let's get it started. Yeah. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever they said, let's get it started. It triggers a black eye piece moment yeah. for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I get anyway. it. Anyway. <laughs> I get it. No one else does, but I get it. <laughs> yeah. See, it's the yin and yang of us. And mm-hmm. Dare, this week we had lunch at Andare at the Hyatt Hotel in downtown. And Dare just reopened last week and they are now open for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and happy hour. Yes, all of them, guys. They are open again for everything for all you happy hour fans. Happy hours from 2 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. Monica got some popular dishes we've seen before, like the Andare signature meatballs and the carne pizza with all the meats. I'll let you talk about that in a sec, Monica. But for me, I've never been to Andare for dinner. So they recommended I tried the grilled ribeye steak at 11 a.m. for lunch, which is totally fine. You can eat steak any day, any time of the day. I also got the calamari starter. Monica, you and I never say no to steak when it's offered to us. Yes? 
No, that's true. That's absolutely true. <laughs> totally. I got some of my favorites because like, like you said, there's what's nice about this menu is that like for breakfast, they have stuff from the market upstairs, some really simple grab and go stuff for lunch. There's like a lot of familiar dishes from Andari that we used to know dinner and happy hour. So I got the signature meatballs, which I love in their Pomodoro sauce. But what's different, and I asked them about this is that it had a little spicy kick. So it's it's pleasantly spicy. I noticed it and it just added to the overall flavor of the meatballs the carne pizza was delicious it's one of my favorites um it's just packed with meat and nelson i got to try your steak and calamari as well and the calamari had those leggy things which is my favorite <laughs> tentacles guys it's called tentacles but monica <laughs> wants to call it leggy things <laughs> oh so good that carne pizza is probably still one of the best things at Andare. Oh, yeah. You and my niece would both love it because my niece has been eating. That's all she orders now. Meat lovers. Yeah. Like, what kind of pizza do you want? I want meat lovers. I was mm -hmm. like, okay. You know, of course, all pizzas will just have meat lovers. And it's it's costing me a lot, Monica. I'm not, I'm not going to lie to you. We'll talk about it later. But, well, but the other one only wants cheese. Not unless she's still making you order pepperoni and just picking off the pepperoni oh. so she gets the essence of the pepperoni on the cheese. No, it's, it's the pepperoni. She wants pepperoni <laughs> pizza, but she refuses to eat the pepperoni. <laughs> Yeah, she just wants she guys the little one the four-year-old niece mm -hmm. loves pepperoni pizza but she loves just cheese pizza but she wants the essence of pepperoni oils on the pizza so we take <laughs> off the pepperoni so she removes the pepperonis i end up paying four dollars extra because pizza costs four dollars more for damn pepperoni and i i have to appease because i'm the pleasing uncle that yeah. can't say no those girls are spoiled <laughs> i'm just telling you <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know. <laughs> it's like a $50 pizza night for the three of you. <laughs> but I'm really glad Andara has opened back up. Those signature mm -hmm. meatballs as well as the pizzas. And my steak was very good. So, mm -hmm. yeah, you guys should check it out if you are near downtown at the Hyatt. Absolutely. It's a great place. I like it a lot. And then, Monica, we were also in Fremont. Man, I haven't been down in Fremont in so long. It's just this thing is, this pandemic is killing me. I can't, I haven't been able to visit a lot of places mm -hmm. because of this, but yeah, we got to go out to Fremont and we hung out with some friends of the podcast too. Yes. So I go to Fremont a lot because I'm a North Ender, one of those people. And just off the street behind Roxy's Diner, you'll find the back door in Fremont. So they're open for dine-in. And so we headed there for an early dinner and yes, we found our friends there, a Seattle food scene. We didn't know they were going to be there, but it was a pleasant surprise. And so it was a great chance for us to catch up. It was a very unique space, and I got to tell you guys, the cocktails are fantastic, and I should know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that later. But for the dishes, what we were doing that night is we are trying some of their new takeaway options. So again, they're open for dining, but of course, not everyone's comfortable with that. So they are experimenting with some takeaway options that are available, and it was all kinds of stuff. Like we tried the the brine fried chicken for that they have for their fried chicken dinner. And a bunch of sandwiches, a fried chicken sandwich, smoked brisket sandwich, salmon sandwich, an apple and brie sandwich, all the sandwiches. And they all come with house-made chips, which were very salty, fried crisp. And I just love the texture on those. And Nelson, my favorite was the smoked brisket. What about you? I have to say that the smoked brisket was also one of my favorites. I also like the salmon sandwich. The salmon was cooked perfectly. Flaky, not dry, very moist. It was very delicious. And I think it would hold up really well for takeout. And I think we were talking about that mm -hmm. too. 
Absolutely. So as I mentioned, the cocktails are delicious and I love the sweet peach tea. Uh, my, my, my job is to clean up all the drinks that Nelson sips and leaves on the table. So <laughs> the sweet peach tea was my favorite. That one went down real easy. And, and so I think they're doing some cocktails uh, to go. So you just have to check their menu when you're ordering. So they're open Thursday through Sunday and it's a 21 plus only place. So just be aware of that. And this bar at the back door, guys, is a very, very large venue here. Mm -hmm. So plenty of social distancing. Mm -hmm. Now, when we went, Governor Inslee just said it's okay to have people of different households Mm -hmm. to dine indoors. So we were able to sit with Seattle Food Scene. And we were the only people there for probably the first hour, which was perfect, which we enjoyed. Plenty of space, guys, for social distancing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So what else have we been eating this week, Nelson? Well, we did a couple of things. And to start out, Wednesday is apparently, like I mentioned, pizza night in our household. So I've been trying pizzas with the nieces, as I mentioned, to figure out what their favorite pepperoni and meat lover pizzas are. Last week was Pagliacci. And this week was at Resonate Brewery and Pizza up on Newport Hills in Bellevue. I've been here before. I really like their pizzas. They do cut them really awkwardly. If you have, if you saw my picture, it's not like a circle because it's kind of more of an oval shape and they cut it in different triangular shapes, which is very interesting. I really like how thick and soft the crusts are that they make. Mm. And also up on Newport Hills is Terry's Kitchen, another favorite spot for East Siders for Asian comfort food. Monica, I don't know if you know Terry. Terry has been around Chinatown cooking in a lot of restaurants. Maybe you might be familiar with him, but he has his own restaurant. He's had his own restaurant for several years now. I had to pick up an order of T's Chinatown garlic spare ribs. Mm-hmm. Spicy, of course. Makes you get them spicy. Oh, spicy. Apparently, Wednesday is pizza night at our house now, and I am hell-bent on trying out all different types of pizzas so they just <laughs> won't eat one kind of pizza. Because every time I ask them, it's like, what do you guys want for pizza? It's like, that last pizza that we had. I was like, okay, I love you guys, but Pagliacci's racks up the bill. I'm not kidding you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's like $35 a pop for pizza, guys. That's that's quite a bit. It racks up, you know, if you do it every week. I thought, let's try out some other spots. Maybe I think I'm thinking about doing Spark Pizza next time Mm -hmm. uh, or another pizza spot in the east side. I don't know. We're going to keep trying it out until we find a favorite or aka until I find a favorite and then we'll stick with that. <laughs> By favorite, do you mean favorite tasting pizza or favorite for your pocketbook? <laughs> favorite tasting for me. Okay. <laughs> I'm telling you, $35 Pagliacci pizza does add up all the time when you're buying your wallet. <laughs> Hello. Who eats a Pagliacci every week? I do. And I buy two pizzas every week from Pagliacci. <laughs> I get I it. I get it. <laughs> yeah. But it's, and I, it's just nice. Yeah. And we have lots of pizza options around mm-hmm. my neighborhood. So I think it. I just want to give it a try and see and maybe the family will like it more. Totally. We'll see. I, I really think you should work on like a pepperoni dip for your for your niece and save that four dollars. You could do like a pepperoni I, oil. You could like uh, make your own pepperoni oil and then just sprinkle that on the pizza. It kills me because these <laughs> know resonate does. pizzas. The resident pizzas isn't like a large pizza. So I ordered like a single pizza, right? but they also had a kid size pizza. But I knew that if I got the kid size pizza for my little niece, oh, yeah. she would like just complain like 
no other, even if it was a <laughs> kid sized pepperoni, because the sis, the bigger sister had the bigger pizza. So right. she would complain and would just throw a fit. So I have to get, you know how kids are. You have to get the same thing for every, for the sisters. Totally. Totally. You should also try making your own pizza at home. A lot of places sell the dough and then it's kind of fun. The kids can make their own. It's a great activity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've done that before and we're going to do, I'm going to revisit that again and cool. buy some pizza dough and figure mm -hmm. that out. Now, I was also invited by Elitist to check out Don Lucho's new spot. So finally got to do that, Monica, as you've been talking about that the last couple of weeks. And then on Friday, Monica's brilliant, brilliant idea was to go to Nana's Green Tea after Andare. I'm so happy we went because I've missed Nana's Green Tea so much. And they still had the summer special frappes and the Izuki mango frappe with coconut pudding is so highly recommended by me, guys. Probably the best thing I ate that all week. I'm not kidding you. No hyperbole. It was so good. Yeah, it was good until you uh, called me man hands, which was unfortunate. <laughs> you didn't have to call me out on that. You said you were overlay music on that. <laughs> no, you overlay music on things I don't. I'm sorry. Every time I see any person ripping over <laughs> anything for you is that was it the matcha muffin or i forgot what it was that you opened it's a matcha, it's a matcha pastry puff. yeah it's a matcha cream buff or anyone opening <laughs> bread whether it's a guy or female i'm like oh man hands because it's so you're just like you just massacred that thing monica <laughs> i'm just like okay seinfeld man hands there it is <laughs> you gotta act like you mean it man can't be all like do 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 just rah. <laughs> all right <laughs> so that was just the beginning of friday after a much needed nap on friday i took about a two-hour nap after we came back from andare and nana's green tea i preferred for another gauntlet of food that was in front of me that night i drove out to white center to good day donuts for the feed the pudge and for for pop-up Maria de Rey Sando, Szechuan chicken Sando, red chili pork belly egg rolls. It was all there. It was very good pop-up, very popular. Lots of people in line. I'm really, really glad I pre-ordered all my food. And I saw a lot of friends of the podcast too, Monica. That was mm -hmm. fun. Yeah, saw a lot of faces. And that was just the beginning as we went out to Georgetown for Cookies Country Chicken for Friday Gumbo, fried chicken. They had a new Barn Burner Nashville hot chicken sandwich there too as well. I'm really liking this fried chicken spot, Monica. If we ever want to go to lunch, I'll well, I'll take you out to Georgetown for that. Cool. It's good. But wait, there's more. Our friends didn't want to shop, didn't want to stop after that. So we drove up to Homer and got creme fraiche vanilla and spiced apple soft serve swirl. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's one of those things like I should have known, right? It's not just we just go to a pop up, say hi, grab our food. No, it's like, where else are we eating? OK, after that, where else should we eat? I was just like, OK, oh, let's get ready for that long night. But it was good. It was good to see all the friends. <laughs> Cracks me up. <laughs> I, I love how they're like that about food, but it's just like, all right, let's go out for drinks. No, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like a fun time. We all got one of everything from Feed the Pudges and Forlay's mm -hmm. pop-up. Mm -hmm. We even ate most of it too, but they <laughs> wanted they still wanted to go for fried chicken. Okay. Alrighty. <laughs> yeah, it just it, it it hits them different, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's millennials. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, man. And that's pretty much uh what I ate. Yeah. What about you, Monica? 
know, aside from Andari Nana's and the back door, I stopped by CCK Thai this week, got some of my faves and a to-go cocktail. And they have those in mason jars. And guys, I'm a fan of mason jars. You know, you know, you are too. Like you can never have too much of them. So yeah. <laughs> they're a nice little size too. So I'm enjoying that. Um, I also picked up an order from Ivers because I was craving clam chowder, but I was too lazy to, to make it. Um, remember, some of the Ivers restaurants have temporarily closed, but check out the seafood bars because you can still get your fix that way. So that's mm-hmm. pretty much it for like eating out, except for today, which I'll catch up on next week. Um, but I did do some cooking. So I ordered some spring rolls from Fa Tic Tac, which is near my office. Uh, my house actually and i'm not a fan of their peanut sauce so of course i went to our friend annie eats food mm-hmm. her website, and she had a recipe to make peanut sauce even though she's allergic to peanuts she makes it with almonds but it's transferable and it was really good it was super easy and i really liked that i could customize it so i like mine a little thick and spicy so that's what i did um, yeah was, I, saw, I saw you make that it was yeah. really good I, it yeah. was really good so it was a great recipe super easy too like i whipped it up when we called in the order by the time the order came it, i was all done um i also made a batch of bacon corn chowder so this is something i've been trying to reperfect over the years because some of the ingredients i used to use aren't available so so whether it gets colder i just i like to break out the instant pot and i just crave soup and this is one recipe i still need to work on because it's not quite where i want it but it's delicious still because bacon <laughs> wow sounds good monica you know i don't know how everything's going to change now that the rain is here and fall and it's getting cold and there's not going to be as many opportunities for outdoor seating mm-hmm. i don't know and then plus you know we're, we're heading into flu season again so i don't know how much we're going to be eating out there's probably going to go back to resort more to more takeout for me what do you think your part. It depends. I mean, I think right now a lot of restaurants are scrambling to figure out what their strategies are. So you have on the one hand folks who have gotten sort of more permanent like catering tents. That seems to be working out well. Uh, more permits for street closures. I'm sure you heard that Amazon closed off part of the street and they've set it up mm-hmm. for some of the restaurants down there. Um, heaters are a big deal. So like propane heaters, there's actually a finite amount of those. And so the restaurants that managed to get their hands on them or have them in storage, they're going to be set apart from the rest for sure. Because I've had people message me over the last couple of days to ask me where I've seen heaters for outdoor seating. So it's on people's minds. So restaurants, if you haven't already, you need to get those heaters together. Yep, absolutely. All right, Monica, that's what we're eating this week. Tell us about our interview today. Yes, our guest today is Chef Tracy Calderon of the Atrium Kitchen at Pike Place Market. Now, pre-pandemic, Chef Tracy catered, taught cooking classes, and fed the neighborhood, but things have changed a bit. Here's our interview with Chef Tracy. Hey, welcome to the show, Chef Tracy. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. So excited that we get to have you on the show. So why don't you start by telling us about Atrium Kitchen and how you got started? So the atrium kitchen was built out by Pike Place Market probably about eight years ago. And the market ran the kitchen for public cooking classes and demonstrations. And in 2018, 2017, Mm -hmm. they reached out and asked me if I was interested in taking over the kitchen as a private tenant. I said yes. And then I figured out how I was going to make that happen. That sounds amazing. It's always great when Pike reaches out to you because it's it's just a huge honor. But for folks who aren't familiar with Atrium Kitchen, why don't you tell us a little bit about the things that you do there? So what I do at the Atrium Kitchen pre-pandemic, we did public cooking classes 
private events. During the evening time, I can rent out the atrium floor. We've done events up to 175 guests. I also do catering, and I had a community meal that I served once a month. That's a lot of stuff. I remember the first time I heard about the community meals. It was actually from Find Me in Seattle, who had been down there promoting the event. And I was just like, what's it? What a great idea to get together everyone in the community from folks who live and work in the area to people visiting the market to folks who don't necessarily have a house and like everyone get together and enjoy a meal together because food has a way of bringing people together. So I just thought that was so incredible. That's really the intention behind Nourish Neighborhood. Nourishment comes not just through food, but through connecting with Mm -hmm. other people. Mm -hmm. And it was a great way to bring the community together. When we first started, I think the very first one, we served 100, 125 guests. Our largest crowd was December, and we served over 300 people at lunch. Mm -hmm. That's just completely amazing to me. And since then, I've gotten to know a lot more things that you do in Atrium Kitchen and also got to hang around a little bit. And as you know, when I stop by Pike, sometimes I'll just pop in and see if you're there and say hello. (laughs) Which I absolutely love. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so there's a lot of different business lines, but what are some like popular dishes that people have enjoyed over the years? I think the most popular items that are requested are my baby back ribs that I steam in beer and I make a whiskey barbecue sauce. Mm -hmm. I used to have a product line and I'm actually dusting that off and rebottling now. Mm -hmm. Um, But the baby back ribs with the whiskey barbecue sauce, my lasagna with a ragu sauce that I learned how to make in Italy and my Mm -hmm. mom's enchiladas. Those are the three top most requested items and our breakfast burritos. Yeah. So first of all, um, I had no idea about this bottled sauce concept, so I'm, I'm super excited. Um, second, I have tasted the lasagna with the red goose sauce and it is delicious. And I had no idea you learned to make that in Italy. Just in these first couple of minutes, I've learned so much about you about Adrian Kitchen again. Yes. Yeah, so I entered the food world. I kind of backed into it. Mm-hmm. I was taking care of my mom who had Alzheimer's and I started preparing meals for she and my dad. I happened to read an article about personal chefs and I'm like, that's exactly what I'm doing for my parents. (laughs) And this was back in 2005. So as her disease progressed, I was able to get her into daycare and I was able to cook and focus on cooking. So I became a private chef, which means I cook for one family. Mm-hmm. And then I built my business to being a personal chef. When I moved up to Seattle in 2009, I, I, I knew one person when I moved here. And he wanted <laughs> to lose weight. So I started mm-hmm. cooking meals for him. He started losing weight. His buddies noticed. They're like, dude, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I got myself a chef. And next thing you know, I had four single bachelors that I was cooking for. My goodness. Why didn't anyone ever tell me that the secret to losing weight is a personal chef? I could have resolved this issue a long, long time ago. (laughs) It really is about portions. 
Right. I wish I followed that rule, but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, oh, well, you know, we're in the food business. It's different for us. That's right. Okay, so the next question is is pretty hard because you and I have talked quite a bit actually through the pandemic, but COVID has definitely changed things everywhere. Um, how have you adapted in terms of what you've been doing out there? So February 29th, I was in California visiting my family. I heard or read about the first person that had passed away of COVID here in Washington. Yeah. And it made me, you know, stop for a minute, like, hmm. And I had events booked all the way through January, this coming January. Oh my goodness. And so, you know, I thought about it. I flew home on Monday. I think that was March 2nd. On March 3rd, my first client called because we had an event for her the following week. And she's Mm -hmm. like, you know, I think we need to postpone. And by the end of that week, I had clients postponing their events or canceling. Mm -hmm. So by the end of March, I had lost all of my events that were booked through the summer. Mm-hmm. And by mid-April, everything was gone except one event for December. And they, that event was going to be the largest event that I have done mm-hmm. and or had done. And they canceled that event in July. So mm-hmm. I saw my event business completely evaporate. Mm-hmm. What happened that beginning of March, I spent about a week feeling bad. And I just wasn't prepared to lose all of my business. Who is? Yeah, no. And yes. I realized that there were people in need. And I think that when times get tough, we can either go inward or start being of service. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm made of. And that's who I am. So mm-hmm. I decided that I would start preparing meals for seniors that were being strongly advised to stay at home mm-hmm. and people that are living homeless. Mm-hmm. And we have served over 11,000 meals to homebound seniors and people living homeless. And when I say we, it's been myself, Jonah, who used to work for me, now he's volunteering, and Eric and Brittany. And I've had, you know, a very limited amount of volunteers. Part of that was just to keep, you know, the kitchen sanitary and safe and limit exposure. We are all volunteering. All of those meals have been funded by very generous people making donations. All of the funds that have been donated have gone toward these meals. Mm -hmm. So I adapted by taking that Nourished Neighborhood free lunch that I did once a month. Mm -hmm. And now I was doing it weekly for six days. Mm -hmm. And it's been for a lot of our seniors, I've been told by them that this has been the bright spot. The day that we deliver meals, they look forward to it. They feel like it's Christmas every week. Um, They get that connection of us delivering the meals. I try and write them letters. And I actually just had my sister. She's a school teacher. um, Mm -hmm. I had her fourth grade class write letters to the seniors that are going to go into their meal bags next week. Oh, my gosh. That's incredible. Again, it's about that connection and nourishing Mm -hmm. food. Mm Mm-hmm. That's how I adapted. I've started selling meal kits back in May. It was great. And Mm -hmm. as I've seen over and over, things are great when you first introduce them and then you got to come up with something new. Yeah. It's been a lot (laughs) Mm -hmm. just to try and adapt. For sure. And think about the work that you've been doing and you do it so quietly and so gracefully. I mean, you know, I'll see a post here and there, but 
regardless of the post, like you're, you're out there doing it and relationships for me are, are what, you know, relationships to people um, and food as a way of doing that has always been really important to me. And so in a lot of ways you live the same values that I have. And so thank you so much for the work that you have been doing. Just, it's incredible. Thank you. Oh, it is our pleasure. And I think that being of service during this really challenging time has kept me sane. Mm -hmm. I'm glad you mentioned the meal kits. I've had a chance to sample a bunch of them and I love them. And what I love is that you tell stories with the food, but then you also make it very practical. I mean, I have to say before, you know, I had your seafood boil kit, I never would have thought to make that at home because it seems so overwhelming to me, like all these things. And, but you made it so accessible and really it all just went in one pot, but you had the time, right? The time is the important part. So, (laughs) so, you know, for folks who are listening to this, like I, just found it really easy to use. I've made a number of things and I just think that's something that anyone can use and and you're making it and those ingredients um, are sourced from the market whenever possible. So you're promoting other vendors and um, you know, if you're going to cook, just make it easy on yourself. (laughs) That's right. So the meal kits, there are things that I would teach in cooking classes. Mm -hmm. And I think that you can have really, really good food without overcomplicating it. Yeah. Um, If you're using a few really good food items like spot prawns, like Urban Farms spice rub that's used to season that seafood boil, Mm -hmm. you just need a few really good ingredients. For um, the next meal kit that's coming up is going to be an election day cake. Oh my goodness. (laughs) This is something that goes all the way back to the very first election day. Mm -hmm. And it was in Hartford, Connecticut. So people around the country would have to travel, you know, horse and wagon, Mm -hmm. they would travel to Hartford, Connecticut to place their vote. And because there weren't airplanes that they could fly in and out, um, the people of Hartford would put up these travelers who were coming into town to vote. So Mm -hmm. the women not allowed to vote, they would contribute by making this cake called an election day cake. Mm -hmm. And it was something that could hold for a few days. And you think about refrigeration or lack thereof. It was a very cool tradition that I had a friend tell me about. So a few years ago, I served free pieces of election day cake from the atrium Mm -hmm. kitchen. Well, this year, that's not possible. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to do an election day meal kit. That sounds awesome. And I love the story that goes along with it. Um, So we have just a couple of minutes left. And so um, the first thing I want to ask you is how can people best support your business and support the things that you're doing in your business? Supporting my business right now is twofold. One, supporting the meal program that we started for the seniors and people living homeless. And they Mm -hmm. can make a donation through our website Mm -hmm. um, under the Nourish Neighborhood link. Mm -hmm. And then the second part of supporting my business is to purchase a prepared meal or a meal kit. And both of those things will help us keep going. Okay, perfect. So we always ask, so what are you eating? So what are like three of your favorite places to grab a bite to eat in or around Seattle? Okay, Sisters and Brothers on Elliot. The new one. Okay. Have you been? No, I haven't been to that one yet. I drive past there every day when I come home (laughs) from the market. (laughs) And I probably should never have stopped because now I stop (laughs) way too frequently. (laughs) <laughs> my goodness, my goodness. All right. That's a good one. That's the first one. Los Agaves mm-hmm. at Pike Place Market. Those yes. guys have kept us fed. That El Pastor taco is incredible. Right? 
right? <laughs> yep. And then my third favorite spot is Unita Burger in Fremont. Oh, good one. Yeah, I love that one too. Well, wow, all great choices. All right. <laughs> Yay. So Chef Tracy, um, what social media platforms are you most active on and where can people find them? Instagram mm-hmm. uh, is our number one spot. Uh, okay. Atrium Kitchen at Pike Place is mm-hmm. the Instagram handle. Perfect. And then Facebook, we're also there and Twitter. All right. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. Monica, thank you and stay well. You too. And that's our interview with Chef Tracy. Currently, she's selling prepared meals, meal kits with recipes she would normally use in her classes, and donations are always welcome to feed those in need. Both the prepared meals and meal kits are delicious, and the recipes are easy to make. I've made quite a few of them. Wonderful. I love Chef Tracy. You know, when she was talking about one of her favorite things was the baby back ribs that she did, and she did it at that Chamber of Seattle Chamber of Commerce Mm -hmm. event when when I saw her at the Seattle Aquarium. Yeah, it is so good. <laughs> it, I no wonder that's one of her favorites with her mm-hmm. barbecue sauce. Yeah, I could I could eat baby back ribs all the time. I oh, want yeah. my baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back ribs. <laughs> I want my baby back, 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 baby back. Oh man. Oh man. <laughs> There's no more chilies around here. The only chilies I find is there one at SeaTac Airport or am I, I just there was one in Linwood? Did they close it? Is there still one in Linwood? There used to be one in Crossroads long, long time ago in a galaxy far away. But there was one that's in Linwood. I'll be honest with you, I've never been to Chili's nor do I care to. So sorry. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> I'm already scarred from going to Olive Garden. So yeah, we're not doing What? That. How do you not like Olive Garden? Monica, how are we friends and you don't like Olive Garden? Yeah. Just not my style. <laughs> <laughs> all you can eat, bread basket, pasta. Nope, just not my style. Okay. That's right. <laughs> Apparently you're not a Zupa fan either, huh? Nope. Please tell me you're Zupa. Oh Zupa was the best. That's the best thing in South Center. I loved Zupa. Oh man. man. The only thing is there's not a lot of meat options at Zupa because they tried to keep it cheap. It was used to be five ninety nine back in the day, then they raised it up to eight ninety nine and all of a sudden it went up to eleven ninety nine and then from eleven ninety nine that was that was the kiss of death because they went out of business after the eleven ninety nine. Next you'll be telling me you like Mongolian grills. Oh no, don't get me started on that. One. No, no. I'm sorry, I don't do frozen meats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just not my style Hmm. (laughs) all right monica that's pretty much it for the night what do you think yeah i think that's about it i don't think we're gonna see each other this week our hibernation begins and so i guess we'll see each other in the spring (laughs) (laughs) Uh, things get pretty quiet so we'll see we'll see what it's like I've definitely ate my fair share for the summer to stock up for the winter. So yes, I'll be in hibernation for a while. Maybe until next summer. (laughs) I'll just be at home cooking soups. (laughs) Mm, That sounds good. Soups and chilies. That's what I like. Chilies. (laughs) I didn't even think about that. (laughs) Oh, man. All right, guys, staying at home has obviously made us a little bit nuts. So let's end it right there. Have a wonderful week, everyone. Stay safe out there. And of course, happy eating, Seattle. 
Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for future episodes and leave us a five-star rating and review on whichever platform you're listening on. In the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Seattle Foodie Podcast and on Twitter at Seattle Food Pod. You can also email us at SeattleFoodiePodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we hope you enjoy the Seattle Foodie Podcast.